Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. It's our hope that the next few moments lead you closer to Jesus, encourage you to grow, and equip you to exist for those not yet here. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that we can bring you fresh content every week as you continue in your walk with Christ. And if you're joining us online, I want to welcome you as well. And uh, I was reminded, people watch online every week. Did you know that? You didn't know that? And so somebody, somebody was here first service, and the way that they heard about our church was a kid in their school that goes to Great Valley. There is other good school districts besides Phoenixville. I'm just reminded of that. And so uh, told them about it this week. And so they watched last week, and they came first service this week, And so, which I thought was really cool. And I want to encourage you, share, share, share this online. If you get online right now and just Facebook, just share it if you use Facebook, if you're over the age of 50 and use Facebook or YouTube or whatever that looks like, or maybe you just text somebody and let them know, hey, check out my church today. I think it's something that'll help you. Uh, and the reason I, I would even say that is today is, is, is a message that no matter who you are, it's going to be applicable to you if you allow it to, to sit and do what it's supposed to do. And so uh, we started this sermon series last week called A Grippy Sock Vacation. I told you uh, it was a phrase that I read on a, on a news, news article that basically said uh, kids, young kids today are using this to reference their need for a mental health break. I need to get away from this life. I need a break. I'm, 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 my, my mentality, my mental health is not good. I need, to, I need a trip. And it, it almost feels like it would be better for me to go to the hospital than it is to deal with reality. I told you last week, I said, I like the humor in it, but I think it's a cry for help. And, and the Bible has a lot to say about this, that God doesn't want to just give you a vacation from this life, right? He wants to give you victory. That he doesn't often, when you pray, he doesn't necessarily give you an escape from reality. We like to do that. But he gives you the opportunity and the availability to reshape what you've been looking at, a new perspective. And so last week we started with shame. If you guys were here, we, we dealt with shame. Next week I want to end this three-week sermon series talking about anxiety and uh, fear and worry. And a lot of people that I know, this is a real heavy struggle in, in their lives. And it feels like it's just getting worse. Like it, you, you, the older you get, the more you have to worry about. When you're young, you're like, I don't care if the world blows up, right? And so uh, you get older, you're worried about wars, you're worried about the economy, you're worried about politics, you're worried about your kids, you're worried about the weather, you're worried about your bank account, you're worried about retirement. You're wor- Anybody else worried just by thinking about what you worry about? And so we're going to talk about what that looks like, how the Lord gives you the ability to, I don't, I don't think that we're called to live an anxious life. I don't think that that's, that's why Jesus came, so that we would constantly live worried about what's to come, about what's in our future. So we're going to take a look at anxiety. Today I want to talk to you on the topic of bitterness. Bitterness is something that if we're honest, if we're honest, so, so this, is, this is supposed to be an honest place in Montgomeryville, honesty, watch it online. If we're honest, we all struggle with. Now, bitter, here's what bitterness is. Bitterness is when something, someone uh, that, that you thought was for you or maybe you were in a relationship with, when they do something against you and you don't get over it, that's where bitterness begins to take shape. It's, it happens in marriages. This person, they left me. This, 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 this. It happens with parents and kids. My, my dad and my mom didn't do this for me. Uh, it happens if you own a business, my, my employee, uh, my, my employer, or my employer, whatever it is, whatever, they didn't, they didn't respect me or they took me for granted. Uh, if you're a teacher, it's easy. If, I can, if you're a teacher and you're teaching kids 
kids and their parents come in and they don't give you kind of, you know, the respect you deserve or the encouragement and they're just super critical and they pay your taxes and all this stuff. And like, and there, you, bitterness sets in. Uh, it, it's easy for it to set in. It, it happens when somebody says something to you. It happens when somebody does something to you. It happens when they transfer their, their hurt and you take it in your hands. This is where bitterness starts to, to play out. And what happens with bitterness? Bitterness is us sitting in, in offense. It's sitting in, 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 in anger. It's sitting in un, unforgiveness. And so the Bible encourages us in Colossians 3. And I had this verse last week, and it's kind of, I just want it to be a kind of a foundational verse, but it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Why? Because the opposite of that is, is bitterness and shame and anxiety. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. That's a really important. You could just make that a whole sermon series and be thankful. How do you change your life? You learn to be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. I love that word dwell. In Hebrew, if you study that word, it means to, to live in uh, or be at a specified place. You're going to live in the peace of God. You're going to dwell, instead of dwelling on your past and dwelling on what's been done wrong to you and what they said to you, you're going to instead, you're going to dwell or you're going to live in the peace of God. And so let's just open up and let's just talk about uh, what bitterness is and why it's so dangerous. And I just want to give you a verse, and it's in the book of Hebrews. And this is probably the number one uh, thought in the Bible of trying to encourage you, stay away from being mad at other people. Stay, and you can't stay away from them making you mad. Are you tracking with me? You're sitting by somebody today, they made you mad on the way in here today. There's somebody, you're, you're in a room right now, and there's somebody that you could easily be mad at. Are you tracking? Like, there's people in this room right now that if I look at you, I'll be mad at you. I don't know why. It's just your face today, right? And so, anybody else? You cut me. Can we just be honest in here? Somebody that can't say that at church. Really? It's easy to hate people, am I right? It's easy to be mad at people. It's easy to make a point with your anger. It's easy to find offense. It's, it's easy to talk about those things. What's not easy is staying in anger. I'm gonna, I got a chance to be mad at you, but I'm not going to stay mad at you because that's where bitterness starts to take shape. And the Bible is really clear on how dangerous bitterness is. Hebrews chapter 12, it says, make every effort. Some of you, that's the very beginning of this message. Some of you like, I tried. You ever been around somebody who tries barely? You're like, you didn't try, right? I tried to pick up my room. I tried to lift that weight. I tried to run. You didn't try. You quit, right? Like, you didn't try hard enough. Try harder, right? Like, you, you, you make every effort, right? I make every effort. Make every effort. Do everything you can, the Bible says. Make every effort to live at peace with everyone and to be holy. Added, uh, listen, peace is an attitude. Holiness is your decision to continue to pursue, pursue God. The more that you pursue God, the more you become like him, the more holy that you become in peace and, and, and not being mad at people, that is a reflection of an inner work that God is doing in your own life. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short. This is really important. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. So we're going we're to talk a lot about the grace of God today. See to it in your life that no one falls short of the grace of God that you so desperately need and will continue to need. And that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. 
Be really careful that you don't let a bitter root grow in your life. What's interesting, at that time, when they would, when they would have plants, they would say, that plant is poisonous, right? That's a poisonous plant. And so for me, uh, when I go anywhere near the woods, I, I look everywhere. I look for poison ivy, right? That's poison to me. That's, that's hell on earth to me. And so I look, and I think, no, nah, I'm going to go back in my house. And so, like, it's poison. The word poison, when they would say that, that plant is poisonous, they would use the word bitter, that, that's, that, that's a bitter plant. And here's the problem with poisonous, bitter plants that have roots is oftentimes the work that's actually happening is really hard and difficult to see. You, you don't see it until it's too late. Some of you are, are seeing the result of bitterness in your life in your, in your kids' kids. Like you, 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 you are the bitterness was passed on to you and now you've passed bitterness on to your kids and you've said something I'm never going to do what my parents have done but you've actually passed bitterness on because the Bible says it grows and defiles many and now you're suffering the result you don't even know why well, why, why is my family out of wax? Because bitterness has been, has been passed. Bitterness has flown through your, every business you've ever started. Pastors deal with this all the time. Pastors, they, they, they pastor from bitterness. They, they were bitter at what happened at one church. They go to the next church, hoping people are going to be different at their next church. But people are people, right? And so, no, that's not what happens. But bitterness begins to dive into you. You see the worst on everybody. You expect the worst. You, you pastor out of negativity. You do this in your business. You do this in school. You do this with your family. You do this in, you ever meet a group of friends that are all just bitter? All of them just bitter. You're like, you're just bitter. I could girls be like, I don't know why nobody likes us. Your face is just bitter, right? You're bitter. Like everything, you, 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 are, am I preaching right? You can just see bitterness on people. You can see it on teams. You can see some teams are just full of bitterness, right? Like everything is just bitter. And so bitterness, it grows and it defiles many. And oftentimes you don't see it. I'll give you an example. I, I love my grass. You guys know this. If you go to this church, you know I love God. I love my family. And my grass is number three. And so like I love, I love grass. I'm already thinking about how I'm going get, to get to grow. When I first moved into my house, uh, I, I had a lot of outside work to do. I got this retaining wall that somebody put in that's on that's near my, 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 my driveway, and my driveway is sloped like this into my grass. And so my retaining wall was filled with this black dirt. I don't know what it was. And so I went to Ace Hardware, and I bought this cleaner. And I didn't read the instructions. It's cleaner. And so I just went to the wall. I hooked it up to my hose, and I just started blasting this wall. And I just did this. And, it, and you know, I didn't read the instructions, but eventually the, the, the dirt went away, and it just worked. And the water from it was floating down my driveway and sitting at the edge of my grass that I care so much about. But I thought to myself, it's watering it. It's killing this, but it, it's watering this, right? And so, and what had happened about, about a month later, a month later I went out there and the, the wall was clean and the grass was gone. I didn't see it the same day, but because I let that poison sit in my grass, right? And I didn't read the instructions that said, if it touches anything that's living, you need to make sure you dilute the heck out of it with water. But I don't need instructions because instructions are not for men, right? And so... And literally, even to this day, if you go to my grass, there's a couple problem spots. That is still a problem spot in my yard that I've prayed for, I've rebuked, I've seeded, I've fertilized, and it's still, right? And it's because, it's because poison got into the root system. And oftentimes, the effects of the poison are not seen until much later. Like, some of you don't even understand it. Like, some of you, do you know that bitterness they've proven scientifically can mess up your health even? Like some of you blame McDonald's. Don't do that to McDonald's. That's not McDonald's. It's your un unforgiving, bitter heart that is literally weakening your immune system. 
You get sick, you have heart problems because you won't let go of the things that God has called you and wanted you and set you free from, and you just want to hold on to it. And bitterness is in your life. And some of you are like, I don't, how do I know I'm bitter? Wait, do you continue to play the tapes? And I, I, said, that, I said that at first. I was like, you play the tapes. And I, I realized there's people who have no idea what tapes are, right? <laughs> so when I was like, DVD, no, right? Blu-ray, no, they don't have those. Streaming, right? Streaming. You replay the stream. And so... But do you constantly in your head think about what they said, how they said it, what you would do to them if you could get a hold of them right now? How you would pay them back? Uh, is it something you continue to talk about? Is your relationships, are they filtered through? Who can I talk about with my hurt? We do this all the time. Who, who's a safe spot for me to give full vent to, to, to my hurt? You could be struggling immensely from bitterness. And the Bible says that it's poison to your soul. It, it's actually a thief of the good that God wants to bring into your life. And so let me just give you a few thoughts of why bitterness is a robber, is a thief. Number, number one is this, is, and what it does. One is bitterness robs you personally. Bitterness robs. Everybody say bitterness. bitterness. Come on, say it in Montgomeryville. Say it again in Phoenix. So say bitterness, bitterness. Robs. robs. And then say your first name. What's your first name? There you go. We're all on, we're all on first name basis now. Bitterness robs Steve. I want, you to, I, want you to, I want you to write it down somewhere. Bitterness is a robber of the blessings of God in your life. Bitterness will get in the way of God doing his full work in your life. It's a, it's a robber. It, it's a thief. I, I experienced this in my life uh, this week in a very practical way. And so uh, Monday was President's Day, right? So our kids were all, all off. And uh, Mondays, right now, we're doing marriage classes. So I knew Monday I'd be gone all night and all day I was working. And so my wife, before I left, she was like, hey, the kids are off and you're not going to be here tonight. Do you think you could step away for a few hours and go to the batting cages? And, and I was like, of course, let's do that. That'll be fun. And so uh, we, we, we went at 12 o'clock. I left and I picked the boys and her up and we drove to, to Malvern, went to Grand Slam batting cages. And, you know, I forked out the 40 bucks for them to go in and, and do that. I'm paying for everything, right? And you would think if somebody's paying for everything, that happiness and joy and gratitude would flow from the hearts of the children that you own, right? And so, uh, and that's not necessarily what always happens, but they were great there. Like they, they went and hit. I was proud of them. They were hitting the balls. And, you know, uh, my, 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 my middle one doesn't play baseball. And so he would sit in the back and, you know, we, we critique and talk about what they're doing wrong and laugh and stuff like that. And so, so he didn't play. Me and Leah, we, we watched. Leah wouldn't let me go in and hit. She's like, you can't be that guy, right? I'm like, let me see if I still got it. And she's like, no, no. And so... <laughs> No, I'm not going to be impressed. I'm actually going to be embarrassed for you. And so don't do it. So I just sat and watched, you know, against, against my better judgment. And so we were there probably an hour, and then it was time to go home, and we were going to head to back and get ready to go back to work. And as we were heading home, Leah said, you want to get, get the milkshakes or a treat or something like that? And I was like, yeah, of course, right? Let's, let's, get, let's get that. And so I looked back in the back, and we were going to pass Wawa and Chick-fil-A on the way home. And I said, hey, we're not going to get food because it's 2 o'clock, uh, but we're going to get milkshakes or, or a drink. And so where do you want to go? You want to go to Wawa or you want to go to Chick-fil-A? How many of you know? You have three kids, two kids, one kid. They can't agree. <laughs> just, I, have never, I have never given them and said, hey, where do you want to eat? And on the count of three, they all said the same thing. And so I said, where do you want to eat? Two of the three, my two older ones say, or, what, we want Chick-fil-A. My youngest one says, Wawa. And uh, I was like, I don't really know how to do this. And so I started thinking about Solomon from the Bible and all this stuff. And so I was like, oh, you know what? Lincoln, my middle one, he doesn't play baseball. So he just watched. He had a good attitude. He didn't really complain about being there. So I'm going to let Lincoln be the deciding factor in this one. And so I was like, where do you want to go, Lincoln? He was like, I want to go to, to Chick-fil-A. I said, we're going to go to Chick-fil-A. And Harrison started pitching a fit. 
He, I, we got to the line, I'm like, what do you want? He's like, I don't want Chick-fil-A milkshakes. Chick-fil-A milkshakes are gross. <laughs> like, he's a connoisseur of milkshakes, right? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? We get to the line, I'm like, they have all these flavors. And I'm like, and they, have, they have cookies and cream. And, and, and you love cookies. I mean, you want a cookies and cream milkshake? He's like, no. He refused because he was mad we were going to Wawa to get a milkshake. So it's no, listen, it's no skin off my game, right? Like, I'm like, I look at the price, I'm like, this is $4.95. This is saving me $5. I'm not going to complain about you not wanting one. But I, 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 we got away, we got the milkshakes, I passed them back, and I looked at him, I said, are you sure you don't want a milkshake? Are you sure? And he's like, I don't want one, right? And I, as we were leaving, I was thinking to myself, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You're not hurting anybody but yourself by not getting a milkshake. Your, your, your bitterness is keeping you away from the blessing. Your, your point, like someone, like, I'm making a point. I'm not going to talk to them ever again. I'm making a point. Your point is actually your prison. I mean, I'm never talking to my mom and dad again. Okay, point taken. Punishment is you, on you. I'm never going to speak to my sibling again. I'm never going to talk to that person at my work again. I'm never going to meet with them again. I'm going to allow that bitterness to run rampant in my soul. Listen, it robs you. It's not hurting anybody else. In fact, one of my favorite quotes when it comes to bitterness goes something like this. I read this all the time. I think about this. Bitterness is like drinking rat poison and hoping it kills the other person. Bitterness is like drinking rat person. It's like grabbing broken glass and squeezing it in our hands and hoping it hurts the other person. I'm so mad at you. And I just want to remind you that bitterness is a thief and the first thing it's robbing is you. It, it, it hurts. It hurts you. Remember years ago, I started bringing out apps on, on, on apps and games on your phone and this really popular one came, came out, Angry Birds. Remember that one? Uh, some of you remember, 2000, you wasted 2011, 12, 13, and 14. You got to level number 75. Nobody cares now. And so but you, you were posting that, right? And uh, remember the game? It had the little birds, and they were mad at the pigs. Remember that? Pigs would make the things. You would pull back. You would figure out how to knock the pigs out and destroy the things. Remember the one angry birds? Or when you would pull it back, and you would let it fly, and then you would hit it. It would turn into three. Then they would hit, and they would explode. Right? That game's not cool. That game's stupid. It's costing the birds their life. Stop being mad at the pigs. Get over it. They're pigs, right? That's punishment enough, right? And I'm just, I'm, like, I, I'm just, I, I want, this is a really simple message because it's, it's such a profound thing if you can get it. Bitterness, number one, if you don't, it's going to hurt your life. It's going to take from you. It's not, the other person's not losing anything. They're, they're not, oh, they're still mad at me. They're going, I'm moving on with my life. There's people you're mad at right now that are dead. They're dead, like they are in the ground, either in heaven or hell, and you are spending the time that you have on this earth, it's very precious, it's very short, and you don't get it back, you're spending it being mad and replaying the tapes and figuring out how you can prove them wrong, you're wasting your life on bitterness, you're keeping the blessings, the future, uh, the, the, the purposes of God away from you in your life by being bitter, it hurts, hurts you, it robs you. Number two is, is bitterness, here, here, here's where it gets even more more important. If you're a legacy person, if you're a family person, if you're a person who's thinking about what you're going to leave people, if you're a person who's thinking about the complexity of life and it's not just about you, number two, bitterness robs those close to me. Not only does bitterness take from you, but, but bitterness robs those close to me. That's why the Bible says that a bitter root grows up and causes trouble. And what does it say? It doesn't say, and it defiles you. That's not what it says. It says it defiles 
It defiles many. The Bible talks a lot about generational curses. Generational curses. You can go back in the Old Testament. You, you can read about how, how life and mentality and, and pain is passed on from one generation to the next. I wonder how many of us, without even knowing it, are passing bitterness onto the very people that we love more than we can even imagine. We're, we're passing them our anger. We're, we're passing them our resentment. We're, we're passing them. Like some of us, we're pa- we don't even know we're passing, passing. I think about this often. How often have I punished my kids for the sins of somebody else? Bitterness is like you leaving your mess that you haven't cleaned up for somebody else to clean up and go, hey, you, you deal with it. You ever, you ever been there? I, I remember when we bought our first house, you do that walkthrough where you try to make sure everything's taken care of. And at our first house, uh, the situation was a woman whose husband had left her and she was kind of downsizing and, and, and moving into an apartment and trying to figure out her situation. And so she was a hairdresser. And so our first house had a two-car garage and half of it was a place for, for, for cutting hair. And so we kind of understood her story. And when she moved out, uh, she didn't, it was just her. And her. I think she had a couple, couple daughters, and they, they moved out. And I remember when we walked through the house the day before or the day of that we closed, you walked through, you just expect the house to be clean. You know what I'm talking about? Like you, you, you want it to be clean. You want it to look new. You want it to smell fresh. But I'm not sure what happened. The night before, it was like she was like, you know, I'm going to do one last haircut on myself. And she cut her hair. And in the, I'm not playing, in the, in the guest bathroom, it was filled with black female hair. It was just everywhere. And we signed the papers and came back in. And I remember I was like, we are cleaning up this lady's hair. I loved, I was, I was like, I got to love her. I'm a pastor, but I got to be honest. I was bitter at the situation. It was disgusting. I was cleaning up somebody's hair that I didn't know. I don't know how people do this for, for a living. Can I, you know what I'm talking about? And so like, I, I was just like, this is what bitterness looks like. It's literally leaving a mess and saying, Hey, somebody else, you clean this up. Somebody messed me up, and so here, I'm going to pass that hurt into your life. I'm going to pass that anger. I'm going to pass this resentment. Some of you do it to your spouses right now. Like you have, you, have a, you have a wife in this place, and she was hurt by somebody in her life, and she had to protect herself through, you know, being closed up and being harsh, and, and now your husband is married to you. You're like, why, why are you so mean? And what you're doing is you're using the same thing that you did to protect yourself when you were young, but bitterness has set in, and now you're using it to actually destroy the relationship that you have with, with, your, with your spouse. Men do this all the time. We, 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 we live in bitterness. This person spoke down to me. This person was in my business. I got a wife now who's, who's for me, not against me, but it feels like you're always nagging me. But we're, what it really is, is bitterness in a relationship from our past. And we're passing that hurt on to other people. Uh, uh, adults do this to their, to their children. They pass their hurts. We, we, we hurt other people. So not only does bitterness rob, rob me, bitterness robs those closest to me. The bitterness spreads and soon it affects everything around you. Your marriage, your children, your group of friends, your church, your communities, your your teams, everywhere around you, bitterness hurts those closest to you. Number three is this. This is maybe the most important one. Is bitterness robs my relationship with God. This is, like, there's some parts of the Bible that we, we read too quickly, and I think we're not, uh, we're not comfortable with them because they're, they're, they're truths, and so we don't want to deal with them. And what we want to do is we want to, we want to focus on other things that are easier, easier for us to do. And uh, this is one of those areas, because we, we talk a lot about God's grace and God's forgiveness, and how many of you know that, that is the key element to your relationship with God? You, you guys know that, right? You guys, anybody awake with me today? Grace and forgiveness, that's what... The key element in your relationship is not your impressiveness. Are you tracking with me? 
It's not your church attendance. It's not your religiosity. Uh, It's not that you read the Bible 30 minutes a day. It's not that you you pray this long. It's not not that you dress a certain way. It's not that you only listen to K-Love and and, and the Word FM. It's not that you, you know, read the purpose-driven life, or whatever it is. Like you, it, it, that's not the key element of your relationship with God. The key element of your relationship with God is not a give and take. It's take. You take his forgiveness, his grace, his mercy, all this stuff, and it changes you, right? That, that's grace and forgiveness. And we need it. I don't know if you know this or not, but for as long as you're alive, you're going to need continued grace and forgiveness. Are you tracking with me? Like it, how many people in this room would say, not by, don't raise your hands up, but how many would say they struggle with lying? Like, if I asked you to raise your hands, most of you wouldn't. If I said you struggle with lying, and that right there tells you you struggle with lying. We, we, don't, we don't call it lying. We call it over-exaggeration, or we say we were just playing. Right? When we lie. Anybody in this room have a problem with gossip? This is almost laughable for me to even ask this. <laughs> Anybody got a problem with gossip? All of you. Me too. Right? Like, it. We just do. I just like gossip. Hey, what happened there? What did they say? What did they act like? Oh, no way. We should pray for them. But first, tell me everything else about them, right? <laughs> right? Gossip. And so it happens all the time. It's the way, it's the way we function. We like gossip. Uh, anybody uh, get, get angered easily? Like easily. You're like, what's easy? Well, you overreact. Somebody cut you off yesterday, tried to run them off the road, right? Prior problem. Like anger, right? We, we, we struggle with, with sin. I can just list it out. And so knowing all those things, you know that in an increase in fashion, you're aware I need more and more and more forgiveness. That's, that is what my relationship with God is built on, grace and forgiveness. The joy of my salvation, the Bible says. That means that I am consistent. I didn't get saved and now I walk away and I'm fine, right? God is consistently, every day, setting me free through the forgiveness and the grace that never runs out on me, never gives up, never forsakes me, never leaves me. This this is what I need in in my life. If I don't have that, I don't have anything. So you know that's true, right? Like we're we're tracking. You need the forgiveness of God. Well, um, the Bible is really clear on how you get the forgiveness of God. Well, you you get the forgiveness of God through the cross of Jesus Christ through the cross. Like his forgiveness is offered through the cross. That's, a, that's what's given. So when we ask him to come into our life, forgiveness comes. But do you know how you get continued forgiveness? This is, this is really interesting in the Bible. Continued forgiveness has stipulations. Did you, did you know that? It's, it's ext- and this is one of those things, if you read it too fast, you, you'll miss it because the only reason you're going to get to heaven, right, is continued repentance of your sins and the need for forgiveness. How do you continue to receive forgiveness? How do you continue to get the full extent of God's forgiveness? Watch what it says in the Bible. You're going to be shocked by this. Words of Jesus Christ himself. Matthew chapter 6. No way to argue it. No way to debate it. No way to write a book on it. This is what Jesus says. Super easy to understand. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also do what? If you continue to forgive the people that hurt you, your enemies, those that let you down, those that may, may, may hurt your feelings, those that lied about you, if you continue to forgive them, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, I don't know about you, but that is a difficult passage for me to read. 
because I love to be mad at people. I chalk it up to haters, my motivators. <laughs> right? You just go on YouTube, find some spoken word and whatever else it is. But the truth is, it's really simple. I continue to need the Christ's forgiveness. And so how do I continue to get to Christ's forgiveness? I continue to forgive other people. I, I continue to let go. And here's why. is unforgiveness is a sin. So you're always thinking about the sins that people do against you, but there's also the sins of omission where we refuse to let go of things, and it's a sin. And the Bible says sin grows and brings death, and and sin separates us from God. So if you're you're a logical person, you're going, okay, man, it sucks. It's it's hurting me. That really stinks. Then you're going, man, it's hurting my my, my loved ones. I don't want to hurt my loved ones. And then if if you're a real follower of Christ, you're going, and on top of that, it's literally destroying my relationship with God. Some of you, you're in a season right now, it's really dry. You're like, why does God feel so distant from me? Well, because you've allowed unrepentant bitterness to come into your life, and it's created distance between you and God. In fact, uh, Peter, one day, uh, the, the disciple, he said to Jesus, he said, okay, let's we're talk about forgiveness to a lot of other people. How many times should we do it? What's, what's the limit? And uh, Peter, at that time, if you want to be really holy, you, you forgave somebody three times. It was baseball rules. Third strike, you're out. And uh, he says, you know, how about we do seven, Jesus? I'll, I'll do, you know, double plus one, right? I'll put a cherry on top of this thing, right? And so double plus one. And Jesus says, how about we, we forgive 70 times seven? Peter's a fisherman. He's like, dang it. He's like, John, right? Can you tell me? And Jesus is like, I'm not giving you a number. I'm trying to tell you because I knew you wouldn't know the number because you're Peter. You just got to keep forgiving, There's no number. We're not keeping track. You just got to keep forgiving. Why? Because it's bad for you. It hurts those closest to you. And it hurts, it hurts, it it hurts your relationship with God. Like you got to get rid of it. So Jesus tells us a story. He says, Peter, let me tell you a story about this king. He he owned this kingdom. All these people owned him debt. He says one day this, he started calling in the debts and this guy came in and he owed the king 10,000 talents. He owed him 10,000 talents. And the king said, pay me what you owe me. Now, we don't understand that because we don't, we don't speak in those terms, but 10,000 talents is a lot of money. In, in that, that day and age, uh, a, a talent was worth 6,000 denarii. A denarii is what you got paid every day. So you work a full day, you get a denarii. So if you do the math, you take it out. Peter obviously is not going to know this, right? He doesn't even know 490 at this point. If you take out the math, it's 240,000 years of debt. He can't pay it. So the guy says, I can't pay it. I don't know what to do. And the king says, you know what? I'm going to forgive your debt. This is Jesus, by the way, with us. You, don't, you can't forgive yourself. I'm going to forgive your debt. The guy goes away. He's in freedom. And he runs into a guy that owes him money. He owes him three and a half months of wages, right? Three and a half months. You, you owe me some money. And you would think that guy who had just been given billion-dollar forgiveness would then extend billion-dollar forgiveness. And the Bible says that he says to him, you need to pay me. The guy can't pay him, so he throws him in jail. The king finds out that he threw this guy in jail, comes and gets the guy and throws him in jail and says, you're going to stay here for the rest of your life, forever. Jesus is trying to say, listen, there's one way to heaven is through forgiveness, unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment. They lead to hell and torment and torture and separation from God. There's no in-between. 
It destroys your relationship with God. So here's the thing. Some of you thinking about somebody right now, you're like, yeah, but you don't know how bad it's been. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said to me. You don't know what they spoke over me. I get all that. I get they failed you. I get they hurt you. I, I get they turned on you. I get they lied about you. I get all that. Here's what else I know. I dare you, though. I double dog dare you, right? I, I dare you to release them from the offense because it will set you free. Some of you go, that's impossible. Here's the cool thing. Jesus said, with man, there's, a, there's things that are impossible, but with God, all things are what? Possible. You have no excuse. I get it. It hurt. It was awful. I'm not belittling what they did. What I'm saying is don't let what they did determine who you become. Don't let it imprison you. Don't let your point become a place where you're stuck. Man, give it to God. Be like Jesus. What did Jesus do? First Peter tells us, uh, when Jesus was on the cross, they were hur hurling insults on him, making fun of him, mocking him, ridiculing him, speaking lies about him. The Bible says that he did not react, but instead he entrusted himself into the one who judges justly. He let God do his fighting. He trusted God in that situation. I'm telling you right now, there's a freedom that you don't know. That happens when you give God your pain. You give God your bitterness. You give God your resentment. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray because it's really hard to be mad at somebody when you're praying for them. I don't know if you noticed that or not. And uh, some of you, the person you need to pray, pray against bitterness is standing right beside you right now. They're, they're, we're not standing yet, but they're going to stand with you in a second. And you're just going to pray for them. And he, here's what we're going to say when we pray because this is, this is how you release, release bitterness. First thing we're going to say is, God, help me to separate the sin from the person. We, 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 we do this. The other way. We look at somebody, it's full of sin. No, no, no. People are hurting. Hurt people hurt people. So I'm not going to look at somebody and judge them by what they've done to me. I'm going to see the person or the humanity inside of them. And instead, I'm going to look at sin. And sin is going to break my heart, not only for them, but for me. And I'm going to thank Jesus that he came to defeat it. Number two, I'm going to pray that God will help me to surrender my right to get even. I'm not going to hold it anymore. I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to help, help me surrender my right. And number three, God, help me to see the person who hurt me through the lens of your grace. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to think about how awful of a person that you've been. Really think about it. Can we just, we're just, we're not good people. We're going to think about the scope of grace that God has given us. And then when we, when we comprehend it, we're going to extend that same grace. That's what the Bible says. Make sure they don't fall short of the grace of God in your life. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand to your feet all over our houses? And would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? And here's what I want you to do uh, in a very just simple way. If you have bitterness in your life right now, I want you to think about that person. Think about the situation. Think about the expectation. Some of you are bitter at somebody that you expected to be God in your life, but they were never meant to be God. They're flawed. They're sinners. They fall short of the glory of God. Some of you had expectations for somebody that didn't know Jesus Christ. They don't know love and grace and forgiveness. And you've expected things from them that they were never going to be able to come bring you. And now you are bitter and resentful to them. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about that person. And I just want you to lift your hand, like kind of flat. Just stick your hand out flat in front of you. And uh, if you got bitterness in your life, some of you don't. You're, you're perfect. We get it. And so I'm talking about the real people in this place. People who you say, man, there's, no, there, there's seriously, there's people in my life that I, I have yet to forgive. I've yet to give, 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 give to them what God has given to me. And you just, just hold out that hand. It could be a spouse, an ex-spouse. It could be a, a parent, a, a sibling, a coworker, 
somebody who you own a business, somebody gave you a bad review online, and man, you, 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 you legitimately are saying, I don't know how, I don't know what went wrong in that situation, but I, I thought I did them right, and now they're, they're doing me wrong, and it feels like they're hurting my business. And he, here's what I'll tell you in all those situations. Uh, sometimes when you think about those people, it feels like they took something from you. And I want to remind you that nobody can get in the way of God's plans for your life except for you. I want to remind that that's the Acts principle. The church is growing. The religious leaders are freaking out. Gamaliel comes to them and says, listen, if this isn't God, it's going to die out. But if God's for this, we can't be against it. And I'm just going to remind you, God's for you, not against you. That's what the Bible says. Nobody can get in the, in the way of God's plans for your life. Even those painful situations, if you allow God to use them, will be used for his glory and your good. So maybe, maybe you have your hand up. And I just want, want you to do something for me because I want you to feel this. I want you just to squeeze your hand now with every head bowed and every eye closed. And I just, this, I want you just to squeeze it. Now, I want you to actually squeeze it. Not like you're faking it, like uh, he's just praying and we're just going to. I want you to squeeze it or this isn't going to make any sense. I don't want you to feel what's happening in this place. If you, can, you can feel the, the struggle. Uh, you can feel the, 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 the strength that it's taken. If you, the harder you squeeze, which some of you have been doing, uh, it, it, it takes effort. It, 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 in fact, uh, if you would do this for a while, you start squeezing, your, your mind, it, it can't even think about anything else because all of the effort is taken to squeeze that hand. Now, I want you to, I want you to think about this is what happens when we hold on to bitterness. It's, it's literally taking effort and work and, 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 and focus away from where God wants to take us. Now, I want you to feel something. I want you, if you've been squeezing hard and you did it right, and you just let it, let it go, just open up your hand and let it go. Do like the Frozen movie. You just let it, let it go, right? And... Uh, you just let that go and you just begin to pray for that person and you just release them to God and you just believe that God is good and you believe that God is in control and you believe that God would not allow them to take anything from you that you need to accomplish his will and you believe that if you let, let it go that there'll be healing there. Like you just can almost feel it physically. There's a physical healing that takes place. We talk a lot about how Jesus came uh, to, to heal us, that by his stripes we are healed. And sometimes it's physical but a lot of times it's emotional and mental as well. That God's still working like that, that he emotionally and mentally wants to set you free. So right now, you're just going to let that go. I want, you to, I want you to begin to pray for that person by name right, right now. Wherever you're at, I want you to speak their name, uh, and I want you to pray for them. I want you to pray blessings over their life. I want you to pray God's goodness. If they don't know Christ, I want you to pray that they would, they would meet Christ. Some of you, you're going to go in even a step further. This is where the real victory is going to happen. And some of you, uh, it's a relationship with somebody that you deeply and desperately still want. And you've allowed bitterness to get in the way. And when you leave this place, after you've prayed for them, uh, you're going to call them. And you're going to say, hey, I've allowed bitterness and hurt and resentment to get in the way. And you're not calling them to get an apology. Apologizing does not fix relationships. You're calling them to say, sorry that I allowed this to get in the way of me being who I'm supposed to be in your life. Some of them don't know Christ, and you've been praying for them for, for years, and you laying down your, 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 your pride and humbling yourself through this hurt is what's going to begin to plant the seed in their life for them to actually know and meet the one true God. And maybe you, as we prayed and we talked about bitterness and, and forgiveness, and you're like, I don't know how to do any of that. And he, here's the reality. Uh, forgiveness is from, is from God, from Jesus Christ. And so you cannot uh, give forgiveness until you experience the forgiver. Real forgiveness. Un, un, no strings attached. 
forgiveness is not just for the person, it's for me, right? It's, it's I want to let them go. It's hard to experience and give real forgiveness unless you meet the one who forgives. And here's the cool thing. He's here right now. The forgiver is here. The Bible says where two or more gather in the name of Jesus that his presence shows up. And when his presence shows up that he draws people to himself. Some of you are struggling with bitterness and you don't know what to do. Listen, it starts first with Jesus Christ. You meet him at the foot of his cross. You see his love for you through what he did for you on that cross. You begin to trust him because he will lay down his life for you. When you begin to trust him, you begin to listen to his word because you know he has your best interest in mind. And when he says, let it go, you don't hesitate because you know he's good. He's true. He's filled with love and you can trust him. But it starts there. I meet Jesus Christ. I confess him as my Lord and Savior. I ask him to come in and forgive my sins. And when I do that, the Bible says that I become a brand new person. That the old is dead and gone. Maybe that old, bitter, resent-filled, unforgiving, uh, uh, angry person in this moment, you're going to meet Christ. And the Bible says you're going to become a brand new person. Joy, peace, righteousness, hope, they're going to fill your life right now. I'm going to let it go. Some of you in this place, you need to, I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to let God do what only God can do. It starts with Jesus Christ. If you're in this place and you don't know him, I want to pray with you as we close. I love the gospel. I love that no matter what type of person comes into this place, what they're struggling with, what they're facing, what they've dealt with, what they're carrying, that the answer is only ever going to be Jesus Christ. So simple yet so profound. I'm carrying the weight of bitterness and anger and unforgiveness in my life. But today I want a new day. I want a fresh start. I need Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior. I need him to forgive my sins so that I can extend what I'm experiencing him to other people. And I can walk in this life in freedom. I'm tired of living in the life that I'm living. Today is going to be a new day for me. If you're in this place or in Montgomeryville and you don't know Christ but you need to, you're ready for a breakthrough, you're ready for a change, you're ready for healing, you're ready for wholeness. I need Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. I want to pray with you as we close. Nobody looking around, every head bowed, uh, every eye closed. You would say, hey, pastor, that's me. I need Jesus Christ to heal me, forgive me, and make me whole. Come on all over this place, unashamedly, with a bunch of courage, with a decision. I'm ready to change. I need Jesus Christ. Would you just shoot your hand straight towards heaven and say, hey, you're speaking to me, pastor. I'm walking in bitterness. I'm walking in resentment. I'm walking in anger. But today I want to walk out in freedom. I see a hand over here. Is there anybody else who said, hey, pastor, that's me. Would you just keep your hand held high for a moment until we see you? We want to pray with you all over this house. If you're in Montgomeryville and you would say, hey, that's me. Maybe you're watching online and you would just type in the chat. Uh, today's my day. Today I'm making Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior. All over our houses, would you pray with me? Would you repeat after me? Say, Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for your forgiveness that I can experience at your cross. Jesus, you came and you died in my place. I believe you were placed in a tomb. And on the third day you rose in power. And it's through you that I become a brand new person. I'm whole. I'm free. God, you're restoring me, and you're setting me free. And so now, God, I can give to others what you have freely given to me. Today, I let go of bitterness. I let go of hurt. I let go of pain. God, I pray for the people that hurt me. I pray that you bless them. I pray that you meet them. 
Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. All over our houses, let's shout amen together. Let's clap together one more time. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen to our podcast. If you decided to give your life to Jesus after hearing this message or want to learn more about how you can join us in person, visit jrny.church for more resources or to find a location near you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you.